0: And this is simply a platform to share these empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. In today's episode of Kiwi birth tales, I chat with Renee and Renee is the owner of the lactation station. You may know her better that way. Uh, Renee takes us through her journey to pregnancy the first time around with her daughter, Honor, which didn't come as fast as she had expected it to. She was still young, and they had quite a long journey to conception. And then she takes us through her second pregnancy journey, which was also another long one, so around four years. So Renee talks us through that experience, as well as giving birth to two big babies <laughs> Uh, Making the decision to be induced and lots of other really interesting parts of her journey. So I will let her talk you through the rest and I hope you enjoy. Hi, Renee. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today.
1: No worries. It's my pleasure.
0: Awesome. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about you and who's in your family?
1: Sure. Um, So my name's Renee, as you said. Um, My husband and I, Tim, we have been married for nearly five years in January, um, and we have two beautiful children now. Um, so we've got my da- our daughter, Honor, who is five, and just over two weeks ago, we gave birth to our first son, Hunter. So, yeah, we're wrapped up and consumed in our new baby bubble at the moment <laughs> and still in a surreal surroundings of being a family of four. Um, yeah. But, yeah, we – live in the sunny Papamoa in Tauranga. Um, we moved down here about four, yeah, coming up four years ago from Auckland and we would yeah. never look back. Um, <laughs> we absolutely love the community down here and the family environment that you get. Um, so, yeah. And I am, I guess we'll talk business as well, because a lot of people know me through that. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I am the founder and owner of The Lactation Station. So we make nutritious treats for breastfeeding mums, which help to support mothers and their milk supply or just an alternative yummy, delicious snack that mums can have in their hospital bags or at home next to their feeding chair. So yeah, between my little family and my rapidly growing business, it keeps me very busy, but I wouldn't change it for a thing. Yeah. Yeah,
0: amazing. I've actually got um some of the, I think it's called the booby blend that you put in your uh, smoothies yes. as well as yeah. the cookies for my hospital bag. <laughs> so Ready to Big yeah. fan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yay, yeah, I'm glad. Mm. You haven't managed to, yeah. you cracked into the packet yet? I've um, opened the smoothie
0: one, but not the cookies. Okay. I'm trying to save
1: them for oh, the wow. uh,
0: <laughs> hospital, we'll see how I go. Yeah, yeah. honestly, don't,
1: because once you try one, you just can't stop. Yeah. You end up having to buy more. Yeah. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, awesome. And what was the journey like to pregnancy for you guys the first time around?
1: So it was harder than what we thought, actually, and I think that's what happens for a lot of people, is they kind of think it's just going to happen Just like that. But um, we were very young, Tim and I, when we've been together for nearly, uh, yeah, just over 14 years. So we kind of just were young and going with the flow, and I wasn't using contraceptives. So we were kind of trying, but not trying, you know, like just young. And I'm sure a lot of people will be able to relate. But um, so, yeah, it actually took us about three years to get pregnant with Honor. Um, and yeah, so it, at that age, just kind of shrugged it off. But then after a few years, I started to wonder what was going on. It should have probably happened by now, but yeah. So yeah, it was a bit of a struggle the first time around.
0: Yeah. And were you tracking your cycles or were you looking at anything like that? Or you sort of just were trying every month and, and not getting pregnant?
1: Um, well, like I said, we kind of were trying, but not trying, you know, we, at, yeah. We, were, we agreed, obviously, that if we were to get pregnant, we were happy and, you know, we yeah. kind of were set that we were partners for life at that stage. Um, so, yeah, we weren't tracking anything. We were just kind of, you know, having sex and not yeah. not trying. But, you know, if it happened, it happened. But it wasn't happening, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then how did you end up finding out that you did fall pregnant?
1: Um, so... <laughs> So it seems to be a reoccurring um, story for us. We get pushed to the very <laughs> limit and then all of a sudden it happens. But um so with after those few years of trying but not trying, um, it kind of dawned on me that something wasn't right. So I just said to Tim, look, look you know, we're still young, but let's just go to the doctors and – get blood tests done or sperm counts done. And the doctor did look at us um, because I was 25 and she looked at me going, you're too young to even have to think about this. Um, But yeah, so funnily enough, well, we went to the doctors and she said, okay, look, we'll we'll do it anyway. Um, And then she said, do you want to do a pregnancy test while you're here? And I thought, well, why (laughs) not? Save me me some coin. Um, And I didn't even realize that my period was late at that point and yeah she came out of the back room and looked at us and said back into the room you're you're pregnant so um, oh my gosh yeah it was a bit of a shock Tim and I just looked at each other in disbelief that (laughs) we were actually finally pregnant but at the same time that it happened like that so yeah it was a it was a great surprise though
0: yeah lovely and did you have any symptoms that sort of started from there were you sick at all in your first trimester?
1: Um, yeah, I was definitely, um, ill once, you know, I I was still, it turned out I was only about two and a half weeks pregnant when that test came up. So I had no symptoms symptoms straight away, but I never really had vomiting. Um, I was extremely tired, but it was more the gag reflex. Um, so yeah, I'd look in the fridge or go into the supermarket. I would just have that Uh, kind of feeling nonstop, but yeah Yeah. no no actual vomiting so that was I was thankful for that
0: yeah and had you started your business by now or that came after honor
1: no that came after honor yeah
0: yeah yeah awesome and what sort of happened from there so did you do the normal testing that's often in New Zealand at sort of 12 weeks and 20 weeks what other symptoms were you
1: experiencing through the second and third trimesters Um, so yeah, I, I went with, along with everything that was offered to us, um, you know, all the scans and we just did at that point, just the 12 week scan, the anatomy scan at 20 weeks. Um, and then we opted, ourselves. I did the gestational diabetes test, um, which came back clear. And then at 30 weeks we opted to have a 3d scan done ourselves. So, um, we well, yeah, obviously I had to pay for that as well. And that's when they picked up that she was measuring three weeks ahead. But my midwife wasn't too worried at that point, so neither were we. And we just yeah. carried along like a, a normal pregnancy. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Awesome. And so you obviously went with midwifery care. Did you go to any antenatal classes or sort of anything like that?
1: Um yep. Yeah. So yeah, I had a midwife. She was a good friend of mine, um, old family friend, and she was amazing. Um, and yeah, we, yeah, we joined up an antenatal class where we had a great group of people and just a good entry into what we were getting ourselves into really. But I also, my background was childcare as well. So, and, um, particularly with newborns. So I had a fair idea of what, um, what I was doing.
0: Yeah, awesome. And because the baby was measuring 3 weeks ahead at that 30 week scan, did you have any extra growth scans or anything like that towards the end of the pregnancy?
1: No, not with honor. Um and I'm kind of thankful in that respect that my midwife yeah. was so um you know, she believed in me and what my capability and also you know, yeah, what I what I wanted was just a natural birth. So she put um, the scan into my custom go scan and she said yeah you've got a big baby on board but um, didn't go any further than that which um, yeah yeah, which meant that we didn't have any more intervention and my mindset stayed the same that I was made my body was made to do this and I was going to push this baby out um, how I wanted to and yeah awesome and did your labor end up starting spontaneously do you want to take us through that um, yeah, so I was thirty thirty nine 39 weeks and five days when my, I was out to lunch with a girlfriend, um, just sitting in the cafe and I just felt a little niggle as I was sitting there, but it wasn't anything alarming or too powerful or anything, but I just said, oh, that's weird. And anyway, we finished up our coffee and I dropped her home and, um, called my husband saying, I just had a niggle, but I don't, I don't think it's anything to worry about and he was off to his rugby game so um he goes oh good I'll just keep my phone on me um he wasn't actually playing that day but he was he was water boy um but yeah yeah, he just kept his phone on him and then I carried on my day nothing else happened um and went and saw some girlfriends and then I just did feel another niggle a couple of hours later I was like oh okay there it is again again didn't think anything of it went to the rugby game Um, and then got home so it probably was about three three or four hours after the first niggle and by the time I walked in the door um, I knew. I was like, yep, no, this is, I think this is it, this has started. So, so yeah, we um, just hung around home for as long as we can. It was late in the afternoon so we just did our thing. Um, I called my midwife. She just said, yep, just carry on at home. Take some Panadol, um, which I was stubborn and I didn't. Um, <laughs> I didn't take any <laughs> painkillers throughout my whole pregnancy, so I wasn't going to start then. Um, but yeah. yeah, so we just hung around at home. Tim got some sleep um, while my dad stayed in the lounge for me, and I just continued to labour in the lounge. Um, yeah, labour in the lounge and try and get some sleep, but every five minutes, getting woken up by a painful <laughs> <laughs> shooting pain in my pelvis. So. Um, yeah. So then, um, ended up going to the, calling my midwife saying, nah, I'm, I'm ready to go. Like, I'll meet you at the hospital. And she she said, okay, meet me there. So we headed in to the North Shore hospital and turns out I was only about three centimeters dilated. So she was like, and this was Mm -hmm. 2 a.m. So she was like, come on, Renee, off, off home. See you later. Call me when it's a bit more intense. So, um, yeah, we went back home um and I carried on laboring had the Swiss ball had um you know Tim rubbing my back we lived with mum and dad at the time so I had a lot of support around me which was great and um yeah and then oh, I can't even how long now it was five years ago so bear with me while I try and remember <laughs> um uh, yeah we ended up going back to hospital um, and by the time I got there, I was about six centimetres dilated and she said, all right, let's just stay and hang around. So um, my plan was to jump into the pool and so I did. Um, and my whole family was there as well. So it was a big family affair. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, um, first yeah. first grandchild in the family and I'm one of four siblings. So let's just say that the hospital... Um, family room was very packed that day um (laughs) but it was nice to have everyone around the pool and just kept me calm and every contraction I had you know everyone just kind of went quiet and left me to it and um yeah so but after a while Mm. we it was a long labor and I was about eight centimeters dilated at this point and my water still hadn't broken so Mm -hmm. my midwife said look do you want to get out of the pool?" Um, and we'll break your waters um and this was about 30 hours since that first niggle so I was exhausted and I think just you know quite dehydrated from being in the pool and just you know that long length of time so my plan was not to birth lying down or to be on the bed but By the time I got on that bed and she broke my waters, I just couldn't physically move. I tried to get up. I tried to go on all fours, but my body was just exhausted. So, yeah, I laid. I was on that bed laboring. And so, yeah, we hit the mark where I was 10 centimeters dilated and I was ready to push. And um, my husband had one leg. Of mine up, and I was trying to hold the other one up. We, um, looking back now, I don't know why we didn't have stirrups, but, um, so yeah, he had one leg yeah. and I had the other, but I physically couldn't hold on to my leg, um, hard enough or pulled back enough to support me. So we always had the plan that if we needed someone else in the room, um, for support, it would be my dad. So it's not very common for this to happen, but yeah, my dad was my other support mm. person, um, so yeah, he came he came in the room while the rest of my family were literally lying on the floor outside the door um listening to <laughs> listening to me scream and yell. I think I screamed down the whole hospital ward. Um yeah. and he grabbed hold of my other leg. So I had two very tired coffee breaths breathing on my face um while trying to push <laughs> the baby out yeah. and um it was it was hard work she was very um hard to push but we were kind of getting to that we were just about at the two hour mark so I think it's around two hours that they let you push for and then they start to talk about alternatives um so yeah we they were encouraging me and going come on Renee you can do this and that's where I loved my midwife as she was just so empowering and knew what I wanted and how desperately I wanted a natural birth um and so yeah we got I she started to crown so we were nearly there um and then that's when I felt the pain that I don't think will ever get out of my head was um (laughs) the tear so I can still remember yeah that feeling that burn the that ring of fire, as they call it, um, but it came with yeah. a severe tear. So, um, but I keep carrying on as as you do and you have to. Um, but once I started to push again, once her head was out, we realised that her shoulder was stuck. Um, we have this on video as well from the corner of the room, um, which – Funnily enough, again was actually taken by Tim's dad um, because our SD card (laughs) ran out on our camera. So I had my dad on one leg and my um, father-in-law in in the corner um, filming, which um, he's actually (laughs) gay, so he's he wasn't too interested in what was going on down in the (laughs) down in the (laughs) area. But um, yeah, Yeah. so um, but yeah, so I because of this video, I remember seeing like you know, like step by yeah. step. But um so yeah, her shoulder got stuck and there was a couple of other midwives in there at that point as well, um, all encouraging me and, you know, trying their best. And you can see on one of the midwife's faces her looking up at the other midwife as though, like, okay, are we gonna call this? Are we gonna call this? Um and then that's yeah. when she reached over and hit the emergency button. Um, and because I was actually in the middle of my midwifery studies when I was pregnant, um, I knew what that was about to happen. So in my mind, I kept calm because I knew that a bunch of midwives were about to come storming in the room. Um And I stayed calm yeah. for the sake of my husband, because obviously he was, you know, probably freaking out at the same time. But um yeah. as soon as they hit their emergency button – I got her out. So, again, just very pushed to that very limit again and then it happened. So, and yeah. then, yeah, she came out um, all 10 pounds, 13 of her. So, yes, yeah, oh um, safe to say there was a lot of dropped jaws um, when she came out onto the table yeah. and all I heard from my midwife was, oh, my gosh, she's huge. Um <laughs> And so, yeah, there she was. She was hence why it was taking me so long to birth her for the first time and why I tore so severely. Um, But thankfully that shoulder didn't – she didn't have shoulder dysplasia. Um, She just got a little bit stuck in there and just needed that extra little push from me to get her out. So, yeah, so she came out beautiful, very large and plump and healthy. And, um, yeah, I was – overwhelmed but very exhausted at the same time um I don't remember yeah. having that overwhelmed sensation of emotion of being like oh my god my baby's here I just remember yeah. thinking oh my god I've done it yes and um also the fact <laughs> yeah. that we didn't know she was a girl so that was um that I thought I was having a boy the whole way through and turns out she a girl, oh, so, <laughs> um yeah just that shock but that instant connection though at the same time which was just yeah it was a beautiful beautiful moment
0: yeah amazing and did she get popped straight up on your chest for skin to skin or what yeah, sort of yeah she from got there? popped
1: straight up um I remember the midwife cut my sports bra because we couldn't get it off um so oh. yeah that, um yeah she got placed straight on me and cuddles um and then um she quickly got taken off me again though because um i th- I'm not sure exactly why now, thinking back about it, but yeah, they just took her off me and took her over to the um table to make sure that she was breathing okay, and then they brought her back within I think a yep. minute and um yeah, then she popped on the breast and um, started feeding straight away, which was yeah really amazing, and I was really thankful for oh, it so that was a a beautiful moment, and I'm really thankful that she did um breastfeed straight away because um. Well, one, I remember lying there, um, being distracted by her. And then the midwife said, Okay, now, all right, now time to birth the placenta. And I was like, What? You've got to birth this thing? Mm. No, I did not I, you know, I was never told yeah. that giving birth to a placenta is like the same thing over again. But um, just having to do the coughs like that, all <coughs> over and over again. Um, yeah. But yeah, that came out. And the placenta itself was a KG as well. So that was a nice obviously a heavy presenter as well to support such a big baby um yeah but then yeah because of my tear I um knew that uh, they said to me that I would have to go down to surgery um so my first reaction was I'm not getting put under because I also knew getting put under meant that I was um you know asleep for a lot longer um so I said can I have an epidural and they said yep that's no worries um so, yeah, and my other rule was nobody holds my baby but Tim um, because obviously yeah. I didn't get that amount of time to connect with her that I wanted um, and because my whole family was there and Tim's family, um, there were so many people around that, yeah. yeah, that was my rule. I said Tim is the only one to hold her and to have skin to skin until I get back. Um So yeah, we had our first breastfeed and then off I went down to surgery and got stitched up. And again, I still just remember lying there and the surgeons were actually playing Johnny Cash, which is one of my favorite artists Um, and Mm -hmm. just still kind of in this la-la land of kind of so exhausted and now painless um, and getting stitched up and kind of, couldn't believe that I just had a baby it felt so weird that she wasn't there with me but Mm -hmm. um, it was a quite a very quick process and I got wheeled um, into recovery and stayed there obviously they had to do their checks and then I got back up to the um, maternity ward and Tim and um, Anna were there together and yeah, I got to enjoy my beautiful big baby and um, stare at her continuously after that. So, yeah, the epidural was definitely a um, a great option to have afterwards. And, yeah, my whole family left anyway yeah. by that point as soon as we she was born and knew that she was healthy and they had a look and, um, and then they left. So it was quite nice to come back and just be the three of us for a while. So, yeah, it was – it all – Turned out exactly how yeah. I wanted um, wanted it to. So very blessed in that, in that respect. Yeah,
0: amazing. And how long did you end up spending in the hospital um, before you I went home? I think it was
1: only one night, what was it? Oh, I can't, sorry, again. Sorry, can't remember exactly. Um, I definitely <laughs> don't think it <laughs> was nights. more than two <laughs> nights. Um, I think because it was that night she was born at 9.30 yep. um, p.m. on the 27th, um, which was actually... I always say three hours early because she was due on the 28th. Um, so, yeah, she, um, I think we stayed that night, obviously, and then that day and then one more night. So technically two nights. Um, but, yeah, yeah, it was just nice. We were wanted. I wanted to go to birth care, but they were booked. So um, we didn't get that option, and that's just the luck of the draw um, when wanting to go to birth care is that they can't actually book yeah. you. But, yeah, so I just said, look, okay, I'm ready to go home. I'm confident in what I'm doing. She was breastfeeding beautifully. Um, obviously, the only complication that we had was um, my tear, and um, but I passed everything that I needed to, and, yeah, I was good to go home.
0: Yeah, lovely. And how did you find the next couple of days and weeks? Obviously, adjusting to life with a newborn
1: and recovering from birth yourself. What did um, you find that was like? It was it was good. I I don't remember any negative feelings um, about my body. Obviously, the yeah. pain is there and from uh, severe tear. Um, but again, I was living. We were living at mum and dad's um, at the time. And so I had a lot of support around me, which meant that I didn't really have to move too much. Everyone did everything for me, brought me food. Yep. Um, we had everything set up in our room. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I felt I felt good in myself, obviously, besides for the tear. And honor was so big and beautiful that she almost wasn't – it felt like we skipped that newborn phase because she was so big. She went straight into yeah. zero to three. Um, size clothes and you know we were able to start using our cloth nappies straight away because she yeah she was just so big. Um yeah. and we actually moved out of mum and dad's two weeks later. Um and I remember being so thankful for that because as much as I loved all the support, it was also a bit overwhelming having so many people there trying to be yeah. you know, they had great intentions, but at the same time I was such a confident, um, mother and I'm almost like that primal, like don't touch my baby. Don't try and take my baby away from me. Um, instinctively that when they would be like, here, just leave her here, have a sleep, let her sleep in the lounge. You go have a nap. I'd be like, no, leave me alone. Like my baby, (laughs) my baby comes with me everywhere I go. I just couldn't, you know, part with her. And that was just so instinctual in me. and. Um, so yeah, it was a little bit overwhelming at times, but we moved out a couple of weeks later and yeah, I had our own, our first little home together and it was just so perfect. But, um, in that time as well, my, my nipples were adjusting and, um, so yeah, obviously had that pain of the first time, um, breastfeeding, um, and so I ended up having to use a nipple shield. Um, which I think that was part of the reason. But now having Hunter, I'm thinking otherwise. But at the time, um, she ended up, Anna ended up with very severe jaundice. So um, on day 14, my midwife came to see us and she instantly looked at Honor and said, guys, you're going to end up in the hospital tonight. So just pack a bag and be prepared. Um so yeah, it turned mm, out, okay. um, so yeah, we went up and got blood tests done and sure enough at about six o'clock that night, she messaged us saying, guys, I'll meet you at the hospital. Um, and yeah, we ended up in there, um, for five days with Anna under a couple of blue lights and it was the most hardest time because I couldn't pick her up unless to feed. She had to go back under the lights. Yeah. Um, her levels were so high. There was talk about blood transfusions when we first got in there, but thankfully we didn't have to go down that track. But um, So, yeah, that was a very scary moment for us, but thankfully, yeah, the lights worked, yeah. and after that we had no complications um, with her. She was very healthy, and I was healthy. My nipples healed. Um, so did my tear, and, yeah, I had no complications. Since so yeah, from there we we happily yeah. enjoyed our family and yeah carried on.
0: Yeah, and what was your breastfeeding journey like? How long did um, you feed on until she
1: was sixteen months? Um, sixteen months old. So I always it did come very easy to us breastfeeding. Obviously, like I said, besides for those cracked nipples, but you know, yeah. if you keep going with that you know, you get past it. Um, but, yeah, I was very fortunate. I may, I make a lot of milk and so we never had that issue and she was just a great feeder. Um, we never had any tongue tie issues or anything like that. So, yeah, it came very naturally to us, um, which, yeah, very fortunate. And being in this um, business that I am, I know that it doesn't yeah. come so easy to a lot of women. So I consider myself very lucky in that respect. Yeah. Um So yeah, we just had a beautiful breastfeeding journey and obviously it's what led me to my business today as well. So always be thankful for that.
0: Yeah, awesome. And when did you sort of start thinking about um, maybe wanting to get pregnant again and extending your family? Um, What was that sort of journey
1: like? We always knew that because it took us so long to have honour or get pregnant with honour that the possibility was quite high for that to happen again. Um, so Tim and I made the decision that pretty much as soon as my period came back, um, that we would start trying again. So, and that came back at when Honor was nine months yeah. old. So that was it. We, we started to try again. And, um, again, we weren't, you know, Honor was obviously still young, but we weren't on contraceptive, but I also wasn't tracking my ovulation at that point um you know we had it we had a, a, a new yeah. baby we weren't in too much of a hurry but we obviously would be happy if it happened um but we're giving ourselves a bit of time and giving myself a bit of time to heal as well so yeah so we started trying when she was nine months and about yeah four four years later um still nothing it was still just just the three of us, unfortunately, and, you know, it obviously took – it was taking longer than what it did with honour, and – but this time round we obviously had the pressure of another little human who desperately wanted to be a sister, Um, and that was the most heartbreaking thing about it all, um, was the constant reminder or constant question of, mummy, when do I get to be a big sister? Um because so many of her friends were Mm. having brothers or sisters and um I was obviously very blessed and content that we even had honour. So, you know, I was always lucky in that um in that way. But yeah, for her to be burdened with our troubles as well was yeah, very heartbreaking
0: yeah and were you sort of doing any looking into those fertility problems with the doctor yeah so we started to 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 get to the
1: point when honor was about three that i started to realize okay something's something's happening you know like i need to do something about it so um i tried to go down the natural route um first and saw a naturopath and tried to get my diet right um and obviously I was tracking ovulation. I was using um, apps and um, I can't even remember what the device is called now, where you test your saliva for your ovulation. Um, so I was there you, you know, obviously a lot more onto it now um, than I was before um, because of this pressure. Um, I did acupuncture, um, acupressure, uh, what was other things that I did? Um, yeah, to, safe to say I was trying everything at that point. Um, but it wasn't until yeah, yeah, when on a turn four that we were like, okay, let's let's get serious with this now. Like it's kind of getting to that point that we desperately want another one. Um, so we I started to look into IVF, and we got a um, interview with. Um, the Fertility Associates and thankfully we were very um, lucky in this aspect that we were able to um, we qualified for public funding so because of the length of time that it took us to get pregnant with honour and the length of time that we were trying uh, yeah. um and other complications we um, yeah we we were getting that funding so but obviously we had to go on the waiting list so the waiting list was up to 16 months um yeah and so yeah it's a long time but obviously wow. you get bumped up if people fall pregnant or people you know um, marriages break up all sorts of you know things that can happen um so yeah we ended up getting bumped yep. up pretty quickly i think our wait time was only nine months in the end when we got the letter saying that we were at the top of the list um and yeah so we went in and started the process getting tests done and making sure that we were everything was optimal to start um and then so we had our last meeting before we started with um with them and it was on a Wednesday and that morning I got my period so I started to bleed and so I was like, Oh my god, okay, perfect. I wonder if they'll let me start because IVF you start on the first on the day of your um of your period. So um, yeah, so we went in and I said, Hey, look, yeah. can I actually start today? Because I don't want to have to wait a whole another month um to start. And they said, Yeah, no worries. Um, but you'll have to drive over to Hamilton tomorrow to get your drugs. Um, because obviously they didn't have them at the Todonga um clinic ready for me to go so so yeah i said yep no worries yeah. i'll drive over tomorrow we'll start i'll start tomorrow night like it's all good okay so um so yeah then so we we're all excited we couldn't believe that we were actually going to start ivf um so thursday morning i woke up normal morning as usual um got on a ready for kindy and then it kind of dawned on me as we were walking out the door i was like oh hold on a second um my period didn't come. Well that's that's really weird. I was spotting yesterday, so where did it where did it go? This is this isn't fair. I'm um you know, meant to start. Hmm. But anyway, I obviously I'd go and get the drugs, so when it did come on, it could have come on, you know, later that day. But something in my mind was telling me go and get yeah. a test. Um and if you uh, are or have had fertility struggles before you know the battle um, that you face every time you have this um, thought in your mind because you your hopes up. Um, yeah. And, you know, there's only 12 times in one year that you can get pregnant. So when you break it down like that to someone who's having issues, it's it's not very many chances so you try not to get your hopes up when I've probably spent hundreds of hundreds of dollars on tests over the years. Um, but, yeah, something was something was telling me to go yeah. and take a test. So I pulled into the chemist and I was like, what are you getting, Mum? And I was like, Oh, Mum is just getting something, getting something, honey. And she was like, something for the baby because obviously we were <laughs> very open and honest with her being four. She, she knew what was going on and we wanted to be as honest yeah. with her as possible. Um, so, yeah, I said, yes, honey, something for the baby. Um, so anyway, I, I got the test and put it in my bag and dropped on or off at kindy and then went to the gym where my husband owns his own, um, part owns a gym here in Papamoa and I was just going to a, a normal workout classes I do was, um, on those mornings. Um, but anyway, I grabbed the test and I shoved it under my jumper and went upstairs in the bathroom and, uh, you know, a, again, just not getting my hopes up because I'd never seen that that blue line, those two lines for myself on all the tests that I'd taken. Um, so I did the wee on the stick and yeah. then I kind of put it down on the sink next to me and, you know, wiped and then I kind of sat there for a second and then I looked over and then I was like, oh, yeah, a typical negative one line and then looked back and went to go pull up my, I pulled up my knickers and then I, was, I double taped and I looked back and I was like, hold on a second, that's it that's a very faint line but the amount of times that I've seen like on Facebook mm-hmm. posts or on these fertility Facebook pages been like is this a line like is this two lines um and everyone's saying <laughs> yeah. if it's even faint you know like the faintest of lines means that it's there so yeah I just kind of I dropped to the ground um still pants around my ankles um and just was in shock um couldn't believe it. I yeah, like yeah. I was pregnant. Um and over the years, again, if you're struggling, you'll know. Um, you know, you imagine or picture yourself how you're going to tell your husband um, you know, like the birthday or <laughs> Christmas or, you know, moments, you're like, Okay, I'm, I'm gonna tell them this way and then yeah. it doesn't happen. Um So yeah, I had all these ideas of how I was going to tell my husband when we did finally fall pregnant and it didn't happen that way. Um, (laughs) I pulled up my pants, grabbed the test, ran down (laughs) the stairs um, and he was sitting in the cafe um, with one of his clients having a coffee and I just looked at him and I was crying like this ugly, like (laughs) (laughs) like disbelief cry and he was like, what's wrong, what's wrong, thinking (laughs) Someone had died um, and I ended up telling him in the downstairs toilet of the gym that we were, that we were pregnant. Um, so, yeah, not exactly what I thought would happen. Yeah, but, um, yeah so it was just a bit of a shock. Um, again, like I said earlier, it seems that yeah uh, we get pushed to our very, very limits. Um as a family and get pushed to the very edge before something is something happens but I choose to believe that um part of our mentality is to never give up um and that's you know what happens to us in our lives or has happened is you know just rings true to that sentence is you just can't you just never know what's just around the corner so yeah, day day one of IVF, we um, yeah, yeah we found that we're pregnant, so it was very nice yeah. to be able to call the fertility associates and tell them, hey guys, we actually don't we don't need you. Um, but the good thing is, is that if yeah they were very happy for us. But thankfully, um, if anything is to happen in that pregnancy, they actually keep you on the list for twelve for twelve weeks. So if something was to happen, we actually. Um, oh, okay. could jump back in right yeah. back into our spot which was you know a peace of mind at the back of my mind but I was also very um adamant that this was this yeah. happened at the right time and that this was going to be nothing was going to happen everything was going to be okay yeah
0: oh, amazing and how were you how were you feeling sort of were you feeling different to your um, first pregnancy similar, or what was actually. that experience like
1: but in the I, I think I vomited once, um, during a workout class cause I continued to work out. Um, but very tired, mm. um, yeah. extra tired, I think this time around because I was working full time, um, running my own business. So, and obviously yeah. having a, a, um, four year old to look after as well. So We yeah, I was very tired, but again, yeah, yeah, no vomiting besides for that once, just that damn reflex, um, gag reflex. Yeah, but yeah, no, it was very, (laughs) very similar pregnancy to start with.
0: Yeah, and were you planning on finding out Um, the sex this time or keeping it a secret again?
1: I I had to work my work at my husband for a while (laughs) to get my way with this one. Um, I was. Yeah, we I we'd done it before, like done the whole um keep it a secret um the first time round. So I was like, let's just try I wanna try it the other way and see what it's like to to find out this time. Um so yeah, I, I, I wore him down a yeah. little bit. Well, I wore him down to, to get my way in the end. Um yeah, <laughs> so we had an amazing gender reveal party to yeah. find out that we had a little boy on the way. So everyone kept on saying, Pigeon pear, pigeon pear. So we're very Mm -hmm. very lucky to have one of each especially um if this is our last so
0: yeah lovely and were you sort of considered high risk or maybe not maybe high risk isn't the right word but because you'd had a big baby the first time around were you getting extra checks for that this pregnancy
1: um for this pregnancy because of the size of honor um and the possibility of having another big baby um, and also because of my tear that I had yep. with Honor. Um, so straight after I had Honor, um, yep. the doctors came in to check on me and instantly told me, hey, you're going to have to have a C-section um, with your next baby. Um, so at the time I just remember thinking, oh, okay, like why? I don't understand. Um, but, I never let it, I quickly just realized, I was like, no, they they don't control my body or don't, you know, tell me what I can and can't do. This is my body and I, yeah. I make decisions. So, yeah, so I knew instantly as soon as I felt pregnant or even before that, that if I was to get pregnant, I was going to have a natural birth. Um, that obviously there is risks involved. Um, so I had a 3C tier. So there's different degrees of tier. So, you know, first, second, third, and then fourth degree. Um, and then within those tiers, yeah. there's A, B or C. So 3C means that I was millimeters away from a fourth degree, which is when you tear from, um, both right through. And, um, but yeah, I, yeah, I knew that my body was, you know, again, capable of this and I knew the risks and I did my research um, and I asked around and – but in my mind I knew that I wanted another natural birth, so um, that's what I kept in mind when I called my midwife – when I shopped around, I guess, for a midwife. Um, I made sure that the midwife that I chose to be on board with – with me wanting a natural birth that they weren't going to try and sway me to um, have a C-section that, you know, just had my back really and wanted what I wanted and also just experience in that field. And um, so, yeah, my beautiful midwife, Caroline Jones, who is here in Tauranga, um, she was just perfect and knew, like just had my back the whole way through and, We knew, and I knew that, you know, obviously if it came down to it and something was wrong, that a C-section was obviously an option and I was never going to, you know, I would take that option if we needed it. Um, But she also, yeah, had my back and said, yep, no, we can do that. You can do this. Um, We'll just keep track of baby. And, um, yeah, and so that's what we did throughout the whole pregnancy. We um i did have to have multiple scans um with with hunter so i think every 3 weeks from 20 weeks i think it was um i had a growth scan so it was quite nice actually to be able yeah. to see him so many times um oh, my fridge is covered in um scans <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, it was a great opportunity that my, you know, we could take honor and I took my mum once and I took my dad, you know, like just to kind of get everyone involved. Um, but yeah. And I also was, I did my gestational diabetes test, the first one, the one hour test, and that came back negative. Um, but the doctors actually asked me to do the second, um, test as well even though it came back negative um and I didn't have gestational diabetes with honor either mm-hmm. they still wanted me to so I said to my midwife why you know like why do I need to um and she pretty much explained it like they yeah. always look at worst outcome <laughs> situations and what they just you know they're covering their uh, covering all bases really um, which we're very blessed to have that you know, kind of um, those options here in New Zealand. But again, um, I knew my options and I knew due to other factors of, you know, he, I'd had a big baby before, so he was, the chance of having another big baby was high. Um, The fluid around him was at optimal level. Um, And yeah, the fact that the first test was negative. So I decided against having um the second test which again you can do you know you don't ever have to go um you've got the choice but obviously I did my research and it was a well-informed decision um so yeah but besides for those scans which was showing a very large baby again um he was tracking we thought at one point we would be okay. Yeah. I think he was in the 84th percentile. So we're like, yeah, okay, we can do this. Like that's not going to be an issue. Um, and then by the next scan, he was in the 99th yeah. percentile. Um, so we were looking at a big baby. And then the last scan at 37 weeks, yeah. he was in the 100th percentile. So he was he was going off the charts. Um, so, yeah, they <laughs> were looking at, we were yeah. looking at an 11-pounder if we left him to 40 weeks. Um, And again, that whole um, C-section talk was coming up. Um, But I, again, knew my options and did my research. And I decided alongside with my midwife and with the obstetrician at the hospital that another option for me was to be induced early. Um, So he wasn't as large and um, it gave me more chance of having a natural birth Um, without rupturing the, um, my tear from honour. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what we did. We, um, at, I kept it from everyone, um, including, um, friends. I told obviously the people that I needed to, um, and family and, um, kept it off social media. Um, but I was, kind of playing everyone well I was trying to naturally bring him on as well from 37 weeks I was doing everything you know the primrose oils yeah um the uh, clary sage the you know the curb walking the hot spicy sex I was trying everything to try and do it naturally (laughs) um and then I had a stretch and sweep a couple of days before um I was induced but on Thursday which was 38 weeks um we went into hospital um to be induced (laughs)
0: yeah and was that I guess obviously quite different for you from the first time around going into labor like spontaneously knowing Um, that this time you were going to go and be induced what was that like
1: knowing that I had a date you know that even putting it onto the calendar and being like, baby is yeah. coming. It was, yeah, it was very different. And yeah. I think that's why I was trying so hard to bring him yeah. on as well, naturally, because I did want that feeling of um, being like, oh, it happened, you know, and I was getting so many Braxton Hicks um, leading up, yeah. probably yeah. like two months leading up to his due date. I was getting them and very um, often in those last mm. couple of weeks. So any little niggle, I was like, oh, this could be it, this could be it. And I did want it. Um, but obviously um the option at the top was there it, um the day came. And yeah, like I felt yeah. I felt as empowered as what I did the first time around with honor. Um, even more so because I knew what I was getting myself into and I knew the risks that I was taking. Um but yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't change the decision for anything. But, yeah, it was it was also nice too because we also got to involve Honor. She wanted to be a part of this as much as possible, her being five at this point. Um, you know, she was well aware of what was going on um, yeah. and we wanted to keep it that way. And we discussed about her being in the room um, when I was giving birth. So we had con- contingency plans ready just in case. Um, but, yeah, so we yeah. packed a bag for her on the Thursday and she had her gift ready for Hunter and, um, you know, we gave her a little gift, a digital camera, to be able to take images from her angles while we were there. Um, but oh, cool. I didn't yeah. really do my research, I guess, um, <laughs> on being induced and I kind of felt a bit silly <laughs> in the end because it was it's quite obvious, um, I guess when you're being induced early is you're trying to force your body to do something that it's not ready to do. Um so I was unaware, I guess, yeah. of how long it would take. I was warned that it may not happen straight away. Um, But I thought, no, this is my second time round. My body knows what it's doing. It'll just do its thing. We'll be fine. Um, Yeah. And then Friday night came around and I was still still not in labor. Um, So I got given the gel, um, (laughs) which they put inside of you and give you a bit of a stretch and sweep. And at that point they were like, no, you're not even, you know, like you're one centimeter dilated. Your cervix is still very much, um, backward, like towards the back. Um, so yeah, I was, like I said, trying to force my body to do something yeah. that wasn't ready to do yet. So it, it took a process, um, to get there. And so when you're being induced, the gel mimics contractions. So on the machine it, and my body definitely felt contractions. And the point of it is trying to trick your body to then spontaneously start and carry on those contractions yourself um so I was walking around the hospital um going up and down the stairs I was curb walking outside I was doing squats out in the garden I was doing everything to try and you know maintain (laughs) those contractions naturally um and I thought it bloody well I thought it was working you know the pain that I was feeling was like real contractions but it was very disheartening every time that they would check me and yeah. I I hadn't progressed in, um, at all. So that was, um, yeah, I went into this birth, like I said, very empowered and ready to do this um, and, uh, you know, very composed in my contractions and breathing through it and trying to go into a, um, you know, like a state of calm, Um, I hadn't done any birthing, um, you know, classes again or practice any meditation. I just knew in myself what I wanted and also with the plan of honour being there, I also knew that I couldn't show pain, that I needed to, you know, hold, yeah, have control. Um, So I was practicing all of this and I was doing so well. But yeah, every time they'd check me, I'd get very disheartened and I would lose my focus for a bit and... Thankfully, Tim was amazing and was there obviously the whole time. Um, and just kind of brought me back into that, into that place that I needed to be. Um, but yeah, it wasn't until Saturday. Oh, so Friday night, like late in the night, I, it started to ramp up again. I had a second lot of gel on that, um, Friday morning as well because nothing was going on. Um, and their next option would have been to rupture my waters. But again, my cervix was still very tilted. So, um, my, so yeah, they, sorry, uterus, yeah, was still very tilted back. So they were trying to pull it forward a little bit and do a stretch and sweep, but they wanted to leave me a little bit longer before they broke my waters. Cause once you break the waters, obviously it's all go. Um, so yeah, Friday night, it started yeah. to ramp up and I was getting to the point. Of, you know, like I couldn't walk anymore when I was contracting. Um, I was curled over on the bars, which I now understand why they've got like the full bars on the walls of the maternity units. Um, I was gripping on and I was putting full weight onto those. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it got to about 3 a.m. and I was <laughs> saying to the midwife, yeah. I was like, look, I'm waking babies up. Like, a, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm getting to the point where I'm curled over and I am trying to compose myself in this pain, but I need – I think we should – I can can I head over to the um, birthing suites now because I was just still on the maternity ward. Um, And they said, yep, no, that's fine. We're going to break your waters in the morning anyway. So off we went over to the um, labour room and I jumped in the pool for a couple of hours and just – Again, composed, I actually started watching a Netflix series, (laughs) um, try in between contractions, um, while Tim tried to get some sleep. And I got out of the pool, um, at about 6 a.m. And that's when, um, my waters broke. Uh, I mean, sorry, not my waters broke, my show came. So that was quite a shock because I didn't have a show with Honor. Um, so yeah, I went to the bathroom and I said, ah, to the midwife, like, what's this? And she was like, that's your show. Yeah. Right, things are starting to amp up now. So, we broke my waters, and that was it. Like, I couldn't believe how quickly it happened. Um, so, yeah, I was again. I was just exhausted, but yeah. I knew in my mind that, and to have an optimal birth, you need like gravity. You need gravity to help you, and lying down is not the position to give birth. Um, but obviously, yeah. being so weak. I just couldn't. I physically could not stand again. Um, I was a lot more composed than what I was with honour this time. Um, I had in my mind going in was SCC, so those three letters, which was strong, confident, control. Um, And I remember lying on the bed and looking at the wall and seeing a nail in the wall where a clock obviously was And I focused so hard on that nail, um, and just visualised those three words. Um, And I surprised myself actually, and was very proud of myself that I did manage to compose all the pain. And I was, yeah, I was very composed. I wasn't screaming. Um, I used all the breathing techniques, which you you know, you just breathe through the pain. Yeah, Um, I did have gas, which was great for the first little while um that definitely gave me the um the ease that I needed but quickly I just couldn't even deal with it um it was just more of a pain having to hold it in my mouth it wasn't really doing anything anymore um but yeah so I was I was in control and I could also hear honor was there so my parents at this point had honor um and they were at the hospital and she, I could hear her in the hallways and I knew I was like, "In like can't, can't let that out. Like I can't <laughs> let her hear me. Um, so that also kept, helped me keep my composure and, you know, go by those three words that I was trying to follow. Um, but yeah. then it got to the point where I was in such severe pain and I wanted to push, but my midwife checked me and she said, you're not ready to push. Um, although I was pushing, my cervix still wasn't fully dilated and he was coming down, but then he was going back up again. Um, and that's because you know, I was still very tilted backwards. Um, okay. And for that reason, because I was having those, that pushing yeah. feeling and him going up and down, his D cells, he um, started to go down. So his heart rate dropped and we're dropping with every contraction, Um and that's when we also realised too that he was actually back to front. So he was um, OP, which means that we were spine to spine, um, which means that he was coming out yeah. yeah, the wrong way and hence why I was having those m- more pushing sensations um, because he was pushing more on my tailbone trying to come out and um, he was going back up again. So, yeah, more pain yeah. because of that. Um but yeah, and then that's when, because of his heart rate dropping, my midwife made the call to get the doctors in. The doctors looked at me and said, Renee, you're going for a C-section. And I said, at that point, I was like, I don't care. Get him out. This is what we planned. If something was to go wrong, you get him out. I don't care what way. Um, so yeah, mid-contractions, yeah. you know, signing the papers and doing what you getting all prepped for surgery. Um, We, uh, yeah, so we, all the doctors came in and had a chat to me and I said, yep, no, that's fine. Let's go. Um, But then by the time we even started doing, I mean, wheeling me out of the room, his heart rate actually leveled out again and he was fine. So there was no hurry, but um, they were going to take me down to surgery anyway. Um, So we got down there and the lovely doctor said to me, look, Renee, let's give you the epidural. Let's get you on the table and let's assess you again now since there's, there's no hurry anymore um so yeah I remember curled over the table holding on to my midwife's hands and having the gas mask on me again and I just remember that was the point that I really just said in my brain control Renee control um but at the same time I felt a gush of fluid and I s- said to Rachel I was like I'm gonna push this baby out and yeah. so yeah sure enough they laid me down and epidural started to kick in a little bit but I actually still had feeling in both my legs and in my pelvis um but they put me up in stirrups and the doctor took one look at me and said Renee you you can push this baby out if you like and I was like yes like I just remember that feeling of you know being Mm -hmm. so grateful that although he was I didn't care how he came um as long as he was okay but I I remember thinking yes I I get I get what I want, you know, and like I, I get to have another natural birth. Um, so yeah, he said, okay, Renee, like let's let's do this. We'll yeah. tell you when you're about to have a contraction and you push. And but again, I could still feel it in some ways. Like it didn't have enough time for it to kick in fully um, because he was he was right there. Um, so yeah, within then they put yeah. they said, okay, we're going to put the forceps on him just because he was the wrong way round. Um, so just to assist, they didn't really have to pull him at all. Um, and yeah, he said, okay, I'm going to just cut you a little bit. So he did. He ended up giving me an episiotomy, which was the option that we, the plan to go forward. Um, so a slight episiotomy just to, so if I was going to tear, it wasn't going to be my original tear. And yeah, so within two contractions, I pushed him out and he came right out and right up onto my chest and There he was, my beautiful baby boy. And I just, (laughs) yeah, like just these five years of emotions and struggles and, you know, torment of going through that was finally okay. He was here, he was healthy. Um, And yeah, we got the birth that I visualized the whole time. So, you know, I was very very much I had that sensation this time that I yeah. didn't with honor of just overwhelmed emotion and just staring at my son and yeah, he was here. He was finally here.
0: Yeah. Amazing. And did you yeah. need stitches yeah, in sort of the theater room? Did the doctors up, so, just do that while you were um, there or what was the that process? stitched
1: me up um, and I got to lay there because he was there in surgery with me this time, whereas honor wasn't, you know, so I got to lay there and I instantly just, um, yeah. Pulled the gown across, and I put him straight on the boob, and he took a while to, um, to you know, kind of awaken, I guess, and in the shock of coming out. Um, but he very quickly um, took to the boob as well, so yeah. I was very thankful for that. Um, and yeah, they stitched me up with some with some stitches, but yeah. that was um, you know nothing obviously as serious and didn't take as long with um, as it did Honor. And, um, the doctor stood there after yep. me and goes, "Renee, you are born to breed big babies. You have a very big pelvis um I had to push a baby out of that size and <laughs> in the wrong position and two contractions, you're a bloody star." and I was like, "Yes, I did it. Like, okay. like, I was like, yeah he came out um hunter came yeah. out nine pounds three, so <laughs> again, a very large baby for two weeks early um so the scans. Although some say you know they can never be absolutely accurate. Yeah. Um, they were pretty damn accurate yeah. with him. So um, you know the, all the options that we took to get to where we were yeah. were the right, were the right ones, um, the right choices. So um, So yeah, they took him over, assessed him, he was all fine, um, wrapped him up and said, "We'll meet you in recovery. And I followed behind him a couple of minutes later. And yeah, he just latched onto the boob, and Tim and I were in awe again that, that yeah we were finally in that moment of you know having having our son and being a family of four. So um, then we headed up to uh, up to the room, and Tim went and got Honor um, and brought her in very soon after, and she got to she got to meet her baby boy, the little angel that she had been wishing for for so long. So, yeah, it was a very emotional, it even makes me feel yeah. up now even, uh, talk, talk about it, um, you know, to give her something oh, that she left So, yeah, we were very, we were very happy yeah. with at that moment and still yeah. The biggest complication, oh, he came out his um, one small issue was his um, hands and feet were going very purple um, in those first few hours of him being born. So that was a bit of a worry and a concern, but um, the midwives did all the right things and checked his oxygen levels and his circulation and his pulses and everything was normal. Um, They just said sometimes it takes a little while, can take up to 24 hours for their circulation to fit in properly. Um, So that was something I was aware of because it seemed like every time I was feeding him, you know, and that those, those limbs were in an awkward position. That's when it would happen, but um, that quickly fixed itself. And the other complication was my bladder. Yeah. So I, they took the catheter out. Um, and when I stood up a couple of hours later, I pretty much there was like a waterfall just was starting to come out and I stood there and it was just filling the whole floor. <laughs> Um, and I looked at Tim and I was like, I don't know where this is coming from. Like I, I, I had no idea. (laughs) I was in disbelief that I was looking down. I was like, I just, I don't know. Um, so it just, my bladder Mm. took a little while to wake up, I guess. Um, and so I was having to set an alarm every hour. I went to the bath. I'd have to wake up and go to the bathroom, which was painful because he was sleeping every four hours. I mean, you know, he was. It was doing a good job, but, um, yeah, so that was the only complication and yeah. it, it took over a week um, to start coming back. So, um, yeah, that was something that I was a bit worried about, but I kept on getting reassured yeah. that it will come back. So, yeah, kegels are my best friend at the moment. Um, I keep doing those and, yeah, we're back to, yeah. Yeah, say, about 70% normal. Um, <laughs> sneezing isn't the best time for me, but, You know, that just comes with, comes with childbirth. Um, I'm sure any, any birth, (laughs) you know, whether they're big babies or not, they have that experience too. So, yeah, just a couple of nights there. And then we came home and, um, still again had lots of family around, um, being labor weekend. It was a perfect timing because everyone was here and got to meet him. And, um, yeah, so two weeks on and we're still very much in our baby bubble oh, um, lovely. and the only other complication is he's got jaundice um so very similar to what on had yeah um except this time I am a lot more onto it and um you know we're wary of it um thankfully it hasn't gone past his neck um so with jaundice it starts off in the head and works its way down the body the more severe it gets but being summertime as well, Honor was a winter yeah. baby. So being summertime, we are sunbaking him a couple of times a day. And um yeah, he is he's looking good. He's starting to mm. go into his pasty self like the rest of our family. So <laughs> yeah, no, he he's good. Yeah.
0: awesome well thank you so much Renee for coming on the podcast and sharing your stories with us I really appreciate it and I think that yeah others will get a lot out of it so thank you very much for coming on and sharing and yeah I really love following your journey on Instagram
1: and I shall continue to do so absolutely love sharing sharing my story and my journey (laughs) um, through Instagram I feel like I can empower a lot of women and have have a bit of knowledge from um you know my background to be able to share with other people so yeah yep. no, it's a pleasure sharing it with everyone and same to you i love following you and what you what you give through kiwi um kiwi birth tales it's amazing to see such honesty and openness and acceptance of what's natural in this world so keep, well, keep thank you
0: thanks so much for listening to this episode of the kiwi birth tales podcast i really hope you enjoyed it I'd love to hear your feedback, so either leave a review on the podcast app that you're listening on or head to our Instagram at KiwiBirthTales and leave a comment there. If you're interested in sharing your birth tale, then please head to the Instagram page and use the email link to get in touch. Thanks again for listening. I really look forward to sharing the next episode with you.
1: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.